Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your co-hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Smash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. And Jeff, if you can monitor the room here uh, to see it, to, to, just to check to see if we have any additions. And oh, I see less here. And we're, we're going to get him on here shortly here. This podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia at 301 South Main Street, Suite 1007 in Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at, at Main Street Farm. Welcome back to This Week in the ACC. This is the podcast of allsportsdiscussion.com. This is the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the United States. We have a special guest this week in Les Johns. He covers Wake Forest as the publisher of Demon Deacon's Digest at 247 Sports and the More with Less podcast. He's the collector of digital comics Great music and musical and, and baseball cards. You can follow Les on Twitter at, at Les underscore Johns. That's at L-A-S underscore Johns. Les, welcome back. Before we start, tell us about yourself and plug anything you want here. The floor is yours, friend. Well, thanks for having me on, as always. Always enjoy uh, chatting uh, Wake Forest athletics with you fine folks. Um like you said, I, I, I'm a, I'm the publisher for Demon Deacon Digest and the 24-7 Sports Network. So uh, that's demondeacondigest.com. Uh, this is going on my ninth year covering the Demon Deacons. And I would probably argue I've been at more Wake Forest live events than any other Wake Forest beat writer in the history of Wake Forest athletics. So, uh, you know, we uh, I do some writing for the school as well as my work at, uh, at 24-7 Sports. Uh, so, you know, in addition to covering basketball and football and some baseball and some of the secondary sports for 247 Sports, you know, I also write stories for GoDeeks.com about women's basketball, field hockey, and men's and women's soccer. And, you know, today I had a story about Juneteenth, you know, it kind of runs the full gamut. So uh, if, if you like what I have to say here on uh, on the podcast tonight and you want to dig into my work, you can you can check it out, DemonDeaconDigest.com. You know, at Twitter, like you said, and then also at thegodeeks.com, where I have some writing uh, directly for the university. Oh, this is so awesome. We have somebody who's really plugged in tonight, Jeff. Uh, I mean, I, we're always happy when Les comes on the show. So, Les, I just want to ask you uh, a quick question. This is something we've been kind of recapping with all of our ACC football previews here with the respective teams a quick bas- men's basketball question. Give us your thoughts on the 2021-2022 Wake Forest men's basketball season and the future with Steve Forbes. The floor is yours. I mean, Wake Forest fans are extremely excited about what Forbes did in year two. When you consider taking over, you know, at the cusp of the pandemic, right, as things were getting started, the fact that he didn't even get to uh, didn't even get to meet his players until like June, you know, the first year, uh, couldn't go out on the road recruiting. You know, many would argue that last year was essentially year one of his tenure on the job at Wake Forest. And he had like a 20-game improvement versus the year before. You know, it was, a, it was a massive improvement. One of the greatest improvements from from one year to the next in NCAA history, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, there's two guys that uh, there's two guys that are ha- are leaving the program. 
that will be probably selected in the NBA draft and point guard Alondis Williams and uh, and uh, I guess you call him a wing, uh, Jake LaRavia. LaRavia could have returned, but uh, he believes he has a shot of being a first-round draft pick, so he's staying in the draft. Um, so there's a lot of holes to fill. There's a lot of production to, to replace. But uh, the Forbes and his staff have done a great job, once again, of hitting the transfer portal. Uh, I've added some key guys, and uh, they're set up uh, to make another run this year. One would argue they faltered a little bit down the stretch of, the, of, the, of last season and, and probably dropped the ball in earning an NCAA tournament bid, uh, falling instead to the NIT, where they lost in the third round to Texas A&M. Um, but they had an incredible season. It was a lot of fun, a lot of special moments, and they were a team that were a lot of fun, that was a lot of fun to watch. They played really good defense, shared the ball on offense, and just overall was just um, light years improvement in terms of what Wake Forest fans had seen on the court essentially over the last decade. I mean, it's been a good 12 years or so since Wake Forest has been fun and exciting to watch in basketball, save the one John Collins year in 2017. So uh, there's a lot of things to be excited about, and I think that they're, they're going to be good again this year. Definitely, definitely. And I think I would argue that th- that I-, I think personally that Wake Forest should have got into the tournament, and I think there were a couple teams that perhaps got in that – perhaps should not have got into the tournament this past year. So I, that's a certainly an excellent, excellent, excellent uh, summary on the 2021-2022 Wake Forest men's basketball team. And now I'm going to turn it over to Jeff here for Wake Forest football preview time. Take the floor, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Okay, Les, as Matthew said, this is Wake Forest football preview time. What are some of the major strengths coming back next year for Wake Forest? Well, I think the strength comes, you know, first, you know, as it seems like every year we talk on the offensive side of the ball and the fact that they return, you know, so many guys from uh, an offense that set a record in scoring in Wake Forest history. And that's a record that just seems to fall every year as offensive coordinator Warren Ruggiero finds yet more ways to, you know, to, to kind of tweak the run-pass option offense that they run. Uh, Sam Hartman, it starts at quarterback, returns for what seems like probably for ACC opponents like his 10th year, you know, under center for for Wake Forest. But uh, And there's a full arsenal of weapons around him, you know. Gone is Ja'Cory Roberson. Uh, and also, you know, but, but they return uh, A.T. Perry, uh, who was one of the top uh, pass catchers in the entire country last season uh, at wide out. And then also returning on the outside is Donovan Green, who was set to enter last season as probably the top threat for Wake Forest at receiver, but missed the season with an ACL injury. So they've got two guys at wide out who will be absolute studs. And then replacing Roberson at the slot will be a combination of Taylor Morin, who you guys have probably seen before, playing on both the outside and at slot. And also, uh, he you know runs back punts and kicks. And then splitting time with him is Keyshawn Williams, who has kind of a wiggle and jiggle to him that reminds me a little bit of what Greg Dorch used to bring for Wake Forest five or six years ago during the John Wolford years. So they've got a one-two punch there at the slot. Um, they've got a couple big weapons on the outside and then they're running back. They'll probably do things by committee. Like they tend to like to do 
Last year, they kind of ran with a three-headed monster, and they did lose Christian Beal Smith to the transfer portal. It's one of those things that Christian Beal Smith had told the staff throughout the entire season that it was going to be his last year. And then, you know, at the end of the season was like, well, I'd like to come back. And by that time, there, there weren't any – it wasn't, wasn't a spot left for him. So uh, he's on to South Carolina. So basically the two other guys that were splitting time with them at running back, Justice Ellison and uh, – wow, I'm drawing a blank. That's terrible. Justice Ellison, and they're going to kill me for forgetting the other running back's name. But they'll be splitting time, and they're probably looking for a third guy there too, which will give one of the younger guys a chance to step in there too. So, um, yeah, I got hung up on that. I apologize. Christian Turner, I apologize, CT. Um, so uh, the offensive line returns almost everybody. Uh, they've got a really strong offensive line returning. And at tight end, they lose uh, senior uh, Brandon Chapman, but do return uh, do return Blake Whitehart, who was split in time with Chapman last season. And then they brought in a, a transfer from Rice and Yager Bull. Um, so the strengths, I mean, right off will be the offense. A lot of returning guys, a lot of experience, a lot of production uh, off, a, off a team that, that set records last year in scoring. Um, the concerns, just the same as last year, is defensively. Uh, you know, Wake Forest gave up a lot of points. They gave up a lot of yardage. But there's some of that that's going to happen based upon the nature of the high-paced offense of Wake Forest runs. You know, they're going to – they're going to snap the ball quickly. They're going to move fast on offense. So that means defensively, they're going to be on the field for more possessions. And it's not necessarily about how many points or how many yards they give up, but more about the stop rate. Uh, but still, that wasn't good enough last season. And there has been a change in defensive coordinator. They brought in Brad Lambert from Purdue, along with James Adams to coach uh, coach the safeties, also from Purdue. Uh, and then they also had a change at uh, linebacker coach in Glenn Spencer. So it's kind of a huge change over on the defensive side because they know there's there's changes and improvements that need to be made there. Uh, the, the strengths on the defensive side, I'd have to argue, would be on the defensive line. They're really deep, really talented. That kind of starts with the defensive ends with uh, Rondell Bothroy, Jasheen Davis, and Ja'Cory Johns. Um, they're really going to get after the opposing offensive line. Uh, the concerns would be at linebacker where they're not particularly deep. And at corner, where they're not particularly deep. And they're probably still um, potentially looking for an addition or two via the transfer portal in those positions as we get closer to fall camp. All right, Les. Um, and you touched on some of these points already, but we want to go to the, the flip side. Um, are there any other major weaknesses that you'd want to talk about for the Deacons for this upcoming year? In other words, what do you think Wake Forest will be working on before the first game? And, and what are the kind of questions that you think have to be resolved? Well, I think the biggest question to be resolved for me is where the depth comes in at linebacker. When I talk about the fact that Wake Forest plays an up-tempo, high-paced offense, and you guys have seen that, right? You've seen Wake Forest you know, run 80 to 90 plays a game, which also means the defense is on the field a lot. The, the, the front two on linebacker for Wake Forest and Chase Jones and Ryan Sminda are really good, strong linebackers that I have a lot of confidence in. The question is, 
you know, where the depth comes because those guys aren't going to be able to be on the field for 80, 90 plays a game. So they brought in a transfer from Georgia Southern, Eldrick Robinson. Uh, they're really happy with what they've seen from him so far as he's got on campus, but he, he was not at Wake Forest for spring camp. So he's got a lot of catching up to do. And they've also been happy with Jalen Hudson, one of the younger guys, a linebacker, and believe that he can give them some depth. But those two guys in fall camp will be guys that I'll definitely be having my eyes on to see what they can they can do. Um, and then in, in the secondary, it's just the secondary, when you book it, look at both corner and safety, those are positions in which Wake has just gotten de- depleted through the season every year where their top, you know, two to four guys end up going down with injuries. And then you just, they start to run out of people. You know, Wake Forest traditionally over the last several years have a really good, you know, two deep. But when you have to go further, further down than that, that's when things start to get a little bit, a little bit nervous and airy. The, the question is, where does, where does depth come from in the secondary as well? And those are things that have to be kind of figured out during fall camp. And I think that particularly the problem or the concerns will be at corner. I think when you look at the the front the, the, the corners to start, I think you, you'd be really happy with the likes of Kalen Carson and Gavin Holmes. But just where do you kind of go beyond that? Uh, safety, I feel like they're better with Malik Mustafa, Evan Slocum, Nick Anderson, who's who's uh, all ACC worthy, Kobe Davis. They're, they're better at safety depth-wise. They're a little bit thin at corner. So the two positions I'm most concerned about defensively are linebacker and corner. And it's not even that I don't think they, they – it's not that I don't believe they have ACC caliber starters. It's just where does the depth come? And that depth is so important when you're on the field for so many snaps. All right. All right, Les. Um, uh, who are some of the new recruits that have impressed you the most? And, um, you know, and that includes transfers. You know, we know that Wake Forest generally – red shirts a lot of their recruits um however are, are there any that you think will get major playing time right away and um you know as i said with the transfers talk about anyone in the transfer portal that that might hit the field right away yeah i believe the four transfers that have come in are all designed to to to, to see the field and make an impact they brought in kobe turner at defensive tackle who's all conference from richmond and Clawson, you know, before spring camp even started, made a point to made a point to 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 make a point that uh, you know, Turner was a grown man, you know, in that room, and that he really stood out, and and he had a strong spring camp, and you know, he's definitely going to figure in the mix at defensive tackle. If he doesn't start, he's going to be in at least a 50-50 mix in there. Um, other transfers, like I mentioned, uh, Yager Bull from Rice at tight end will probably be in the mix behind Blake Whitehart. Uh, and then Eldrick Robinson at linebacker, he's definitely going to get an opportunity to play himself into a depth role at linebacker. Like I said, they, they've they only got like two that they know they can count on at this point, so they're hoping he can contribute. And then in the secondary, Brendan Harris from, uh, from Vanderbilt uh, probably figures heavily into the mix at safety very well could end up with a starting role. I've yet to see him play. He, didn't, he was not here for spring camp. Of the four transfers in, um, only one, and that was Kobe Turner, actually practiced in spring. So those guys are on campus now. And like I said, we'll have a lot of catching up to do in terms of the playbook, uh, but we'll have a chance to, to earn solid playing time. Um, in, in terms of true freshmen, Wake Forest, as you mentioned, is a program that uh, redshirts – 
you know, 80 to 90 percent of the freshmen. Uh, there are a couple that maybe could see playing time. Uh, Damon Claiborne from from Virginia uh, has a chance to see the field at running back. Um, like I said, Wake will go with uh, with Christian Turner and Justice Ellison for sure, but they wouldn't mind finding a third guy to kind of slot in there too. And Claiborne will have a chance to prove himself that he, he deserves to be that guy. Um, at wide receiver, Wesley Grimes, highly touted in-state uh, recruit, uh, four-star guy, one of the highest-rated recruits in the in the Dave Clawson era. You know, he'll definitely get a shot to, to see what he can do. And then on the defensive side, people have been raving about Zamari Stevenson uh, from Statesville, North Carolina, kind of a do-it-all guy in the, in the secondary. Um, those are kind of like the freshmen who might get a shot. Um Aside from that, and none of those three were here for spring camp either. So we'll get our first look at them here in a, here in a month or so when fall camp starts. All right, Les, do you think Wake Forest will be better than last year and why or why not? And after you answer that, we're going to play what we call win game, lose game, where we go through the Wake Forest schedule uh, really uh, and get your quick thoughts on each game, whether that would be a win or a loss. I think Wake Forest is going to be a better football team. And the reason why I say that, and if you remember correctly, I was relatively bullish on this team when we spoke last year. And I think I came really close to nailing the win game, lose game. If you want to, if you want to go back and look at the records on that, I think I came close to nailing that. But uh, I think it's going to be a better football team. And I think it's because we're going to see improvements on the defensive side of the ball, you know, with the advent of a new defensive coordinator, a new safeties coach, and, and a new linebacker coach. Um, I think that's going to be the, the biggest difference we're going to see. If Wake can continue to put the points on the board in the way in which they had the last three to four years and just raise the defense from, you know, uh, lower third in the country to the middle half of the country, then I think we're going to see an overall better football team. Um, so that's my reason. I think they're going to get, I think they're going to get modestly better defensively and can kind of continue on the same place offensively. And thus it'll translate to an overall better football team. And then if you're Wake Forest, you got to hope you stay a little bit more healthy, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball than what you did last year. And hopefully that also helps uh, incrementally improve. All right, as we get into this schedule now, you open up the uh, season on a Thursday night against the VMI Cadets. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the home opener, the, the, the beginning game of the season, uh, the tickets are selling really well. Season ticket packages are selling really well. That's that's a game clearly Wake Forest uh, has to and, and will win uh, handily. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets uh, put away in the second quarter and a lot of guys can get some early early season reps. All right, then you go on the road for a for an ACC SEC matchup, and and this is about as manageable as an SEC road game can be at Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Deeks there, and I think I think they'll win this one handily. I, I would argue, however, though, that that fans from wherever that think that Vanderbilt will continue to be a doormat under Clark Lee will probably be disappointed because I think that Clark Lee. And I think he's going to get things going to Vandy. It just probably won't be by September 10th of 2022. Uh, give him another year or two and he'll start, he'll start getting things going, but, but not this year. All right. Uh, then you, 
come back home and you host uh, the Liberty Flames. <clears throat> yeah, uh, home homecoming. Uh, not only you know from just the one game, but it's literally homecoming for Wake Forest. Uh, you know the Flames, if I remember correctly, have lost the their quarterback, who kind of was a st- straw that stirred that drink. Uh, give me the Deeks by at least two to three touchdowns there. All right, uh, then you stay at home, and and Wake Forest is probably most definitely in the top twenty going into this game. This is a huge ACC game uh, against the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some people kind of go nuts here. Um, you know, I, spoiler alert: I'm not going to pick the Deeks to go 12 and 0. Uh, probably not even 11 and 1. But people asked me last year when Wake did not get the job done at Clemson. They asked me when is the time that Wake's going to finally beat Clemson, and my answer was this year. I think that um, I think this is the year Wake gets the best of Clemson. It's a truce field. Very possibly could end up being a game day host under that scenario. Uh, and uh, I think that they ride the momentum and finally take down the Tigers. I think defensively they get things switched up enough to where they keep that the quarterback off balance, uh, make some plays, and, and pull out a close one. All right, you got Wake Forest 4-0 here um, after the big win at Clemson, and you go on the road and play at Florida State. Yeah, because I'm adamant in that I'm not going to pick Wake to go 12 and 0, and I figure they've got to lose somewhere along the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Seminoles to upset the Deeks there. Uh, you know I, I you know my feeling is that, that they're in the rebuilding process down down in Tallahassee. They played much better football the second half of the season than the first when Wake got them last year. Uh, and you know, it's just one of those mental things, you know, you beat a top team like Clemson, you think you got things all under control and then you go down to go down to Florida state and have a little bit of reality check. All right. You come back home and you host, uh, the army, the army black Knights and that game last year, I remember it was lit up the scoreboard. 55, 52 if memory serves. Yeah, it was. It was kind of bonkers. So, uh, yeah, I, my, my, my first prediction is Wake holds Army under 50 points. My second prediction is Wake wins probably by a couple touchdowns this time. All right. Um, then you have a bye week uh, before you come back and host Boston College and, and get ready for a, a pretty good stretch run here to the season. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Wake Wake Forest to, to defeat Boston College. That was at home. There's still a lot of question marks for the Eagles. Um, I, I take I take I take Wake Forest there. All right. Uh, now we get into a, a, a pivotal three game stretch, which which I think is going to define um, Wake Forest's season. And you start by going on the road and play um, a Louisville team that's got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, see, these are the ones I'm struggling with when I'm looking ahead. You know, uh, what is this now, four months from now? Um, I think Wake will lose one of these two row games and win the other. But I'm struggling to determine which one I'm going to pick them to lose. Because uh, Wake almost always seems to have NC State's number, right? At least NC State fans believe that anyway. Um I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick a win at Louisville, though. I'll, I'll take the. I'll take. I'll take Wake Forest over the cards. All right. Then you go on the road and you play 
at NC State. Um, should be a top 20 matchup. I'm expecting a great environment and 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 probably one of the biggest Wake Forest NC State games in recent memory. Yeah, it pains me to say this, but give me the Wolfpack. Battle of two really good quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. That is going to be one of the QB matchups of the year in the ACC. Uh, then you come back home and you host North Carolina in a game that's going to be an actual conference game this year. Yes, it will be a conference game this season, and the Deeks will take care of uh, the will take care of the Tar Heels this year uh, at Truist Field. Okay. Then you stay at home and you host uh, Syracuse. Yeah, win for Wake Forest there to move to uh, nine and two on the season. All right, then you finish the year going on the road at Duke, and uh, this is a year that that you played all three of your North Carolina rivals. It needs all, to happen more often. <laughs> yeah, all three, all, all three of the Big Four. Yeah, uh, and I'll take Wake Forest to win at Duke to close out the season. Uh, Wake's has had a lot of success over the Blue Devils of late. Uh, first year coach Mike Elko, like kind of like what I said. You know about uh, Vanderbilt and Clark Lee. Mike Elko will get good things done in Durham, but it's probably not going to happen by November twenty sixth of twenty twenty two. But but that's going to be a team that will be uh, dangerous to to tangle with in coming in the coming years for sure. All right, uh, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you for the last couple of questions in the podcast. Sure, Les. So I mean, you're basically sitting here with a couple ten win seasons in a row. So I mean, the, I I gotta think the pulse of the Wake Forest football program, the Dukes and D- that your Deeks uh, bloggers and fans, they're probably thinking pretty good right now uh, about the status of the program. They probably think it's probably the best that it's been in years. But I'd certainly like to get your take here. Yeah, I mean, the the pulse of the program is is pretty pretty pumping right now uh you know there was there was a, a bit of acrimony and concern when when coach Clawson's name was was bandied about for a couple of other jobs you know late last fall most notably virginia tech as you guys probably already know uh, so there was great concern that that coach Clawson could maybe uh you know go to another program at that point in time and 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 fans were really excited about keeping them and really excited about the contract extension Recruiting is kind of rocking and rolling right now. Wake is finding themselves, although they aren't um, just suddenly in the homes of a bunch of five stars. They are in the mix now for a slightly incrementally higher class of uh, potential student athlete in terms of, you know, coming in with established rankings already. Um, so, um, yeah, there's there's been a great investment in terms of uh, facilities in the program, great investment in terms of the coaching salaries and the commitment to both not only Clawson, but to his, his group of assistants, uh, most of which, despite me talking about a couple, three new coaches, uh, the vast majority of the, of the coaches on staff with him have been here through his entire tenure and, me- tenure, and many of them, you know, even date back to his time at Bowling Green. So, um, yeah, there's been investment in the facilities, investment in the coaches, and there's been investment in terms of the fans coming out to football games now, too, whereas Truist Field is kind of filling up now more often, and and our message boards are kind of rocking and rolling with with uh, with a lot of activity. It's been, it's been a 
been a lot of fun. If, if you harken back to just our conversations about basketball too, um, you know, it's just really kind of a golden age of Wake Forest athletics. So there's a lot of momentum, you know, across all sports. There's a new, there's a new women's basketball coach and um, the men and women's soccer teams are doing great. Uh, both golf teams had excellent campaigns. You know, tennis programs are, are doing really well. I mean, it's just uh, kind of everything's going really well right now. That's an outstanding take. That's an outstanding take. Uh, the last question here is an open microphone time. So, Les, anything you want to talk about in the world, the floor is yours. Oh, this is scary. Um, no, I mean, I guess I'll keep it simple. Just simple. Just uh, be kind to one another. Enjoy every day. Um, uh, enjoy music and the arts. I, I have a rest in peace to uh, my uh, Taylor Hawkins from my favorite band in the world, the Foo Fighters. Uh, had tickets to go see Foo Fighters in May, and obviously that concert didn't happen because of the untimely death of uh, Taylor Hawkins. So rest in peace, uh, Hawk. And uh, yeah, just be good to each other. Let's enjoy the fantastic uh, seasons ahead of us. Outstanding. Jeff, you're up, friend. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, just a quick update uh, with Notre Dame in the College World Series. Uh, they opened the tournament up with a win over Texas A&M, but they have run into an absolute red-hot Oklahoma team uh, that jumped out on them 5-0. Notre Dame just hit a two-run homer, so they are definitely not out of out of this game at all, but um, Oklahoma is red, red-hot right now. Um, and then, and then, and then, what happens once the Irish are eliminated? How long is it before Link Jared is named the new coach at Florida State? <laughs> uh, about forty-three seconds, I'd say. <laughs> is is that almost a foregone conclusion? I mean, are, are we looking at things wrong? So, yeah, it, it's going to be tough to see. I mean, you you wonder about coaches who are in any sport who are really successful away from you know, like they're given home and whether they would, you know go back you know like a Dabo Sweeney at Alabama and I think at one time in his initial initial point of his success you might say oh you can go to Alabama and win national championships um you know but he did that at Clemson which I, th I think now is less and less that he ever goes back yeah. um and with Link Jarrett I think if he were to win a champion a national championship at Notre Dame it might make him think twice about going to Florida State because they'd probably build a statue of them in South Bend, but I think it's it's unlikely that um, yeah that he stays there. I mean, I I think Florida State is going to do everything in their power to try to bring him back to Tala to Tallahassee. Yeah, I can I can see that happening for sure. Uh, and the other topic I want to hit on, uh, Pete Nance out of Northwestern, who was probably the top remaining transfer, uh, top remaining player in the transfer portal for college basketball. He commits to North Carolina over the weekend, and the Tar Heels are going to be absolutely loaded next next year. And I don't see how anyone can have them ranked outside of their top three. In, in fact, I think they should probably be the consensus number one team in the country going into next year with everyone they're returning, but Brady Manick as a top contributor. Um, yeah, I, I think 
it could the off season the, the last three months couldn't have gone better outside of the national championship game for Hubert Davis. Uh, you know, the run through the tournament, the beating Duke twice, uh, all of his players, Caleb Love, Armando Baycock that could have could have left coming back and, and then picked up Nance in the transfer portal. Um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be you know, the North Carolina basketball, like in its heydays under Dean Smith and Roy Williams next year. And we saw a piece of that during a tournament. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to be on the short list of, of a lot of people's national preseason national championship team, the Tar Heels, just getting richer in the off season. Yeah, I think they're going to be really good. I know from a Wake Forest perspective that, that uh, there's no reason for the Deeks to sweat them, though, because they beat them by 21 last season. And then when they played Nance, you know, when Northwestern came to town, Nance was only six for 19 from the field. So, you know, North Carolina with Nance should be no problem, right? I hear you, Les. <laughs> You're ready for basketball season. I'm always ready for basketball season. <laughs> very good, Les. Very good, Les. Les, I'm going to ask you a question for my open microphone. Do you watch the NHL at all? You know, I usually don't, but my daughter and her boyfriend are huge Carolina Hurricanes fans. So I'll end up watching some of the Canes in the playoffs because of their incessant fandom. But by nature, I'm honestly not an NHL fan. Last night, Colorado defeated um, the defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, 7 to nothing. Yeah, I saw that. We were talking about that earlier today. That's ridiculous. And it, and I felt like I was watching a video game. I'm watching <laughs> perhaps the fastest team I've ever seen in my life on ice. And I am from Fargo, North Dakota. I am from hockey country. And it's pretty, cra- it's pretty crazy that I think that they have an opportunity to sweep Tampa and I, I haven't seen a team this dominating. And it goes, I mean, I and I think you guys would both agree, if you have the fastest players in any sport, whether it's hockey, football, uh, I'm not, sometimes basketball, but I think speed matters in basketball too because you can get up and down the floor faster than your uh, counterparts. If you have the fastest play, players on the surface, there's a good chance you can win a lot of games. And it's been very impressive for me to watch cut to watch cut to what i knew the winner was going to come from the west this year because i watch i've been watching the nhl all year and i know i've jeff's probably tired of me t- <laughs> probably tired of me talking about this topic in my open microphone but i watched i watched colorado sweep edmonton who has in my i mean for my money has the best player in the world in the world in Connor mcdavid he, he kind of harkens back to the days when wayne gretzky was in 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 uh Edmonton, who, you know, after a while left Edmonton because he, they couldn't surround him with 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 more talent, and I think the same thing will happen for Connor McDavid. But it was it was it it was just incredible. I felt like I was watching a video game last night. They were Colorado was so good, and I, and I would be surprised if this game if this series went more than five games. So that that is going to be my take for the open micro for the open microphone tonight um Les, thank you so much for sharing your sunday evening with us we really appreciated you coming on the all sports discussion acc podcast to preview the 2022 wake forest football team and we would love to have you come back on the show again sometime thanks so much for coming on Les. 
thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure as always, and best of luck. Uh, hope to talk to you all as we get closer to the basketball season, maybe. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.